It's me again, Dan Jones, your quiet talker. Welcome. Do you have trust issues? I'm not a psychologist, but if you have a hard time trusting people, I'm pretty sure I know why. Somebody that you should have been able to trust let you down, perhaps very early in life. Or maybe you had a broken marriage, but whatever the cause, you have a hard time trusting anybody. Now, it's obvious that you shouldn't blindly trust everybody. As that character in Casablanca told the older couple at the outdoor cafe in the opening scene of the movie, this town is full of vultures, vultures, vultures. The world is full of them too, but it's hard to lead a happy life if you can never trust anybody. Human beings are wired for relationship, and deep, satisfying relationships are impossible if there is not trust between people. In business, it's always wise to have things in writing. The expectations and commitments of both parties to a transaction should be clearly spelled out. That's what a contract is for. A contract is actually based on mistrust. If my brother was going to do some kind of a job in my house for me, I wouldn't draw up a contract. I know my brother. But if somebody I find in the Yellow Pages is going to do it, I'll want a contract. By the way, after saying that, I just realized that if anybody under 30 is listening, they may not know what the Yellow Pages are. Google it. In the Bible, there is a word that recurs often. I'm not sure it is always fully understood by Christians. It is the word covenant. The Bible reveals that God is a covenant-making and covenant-keeping God. It's important here to show the difference between a covenant and a contract. As I said, a contract is based on mistrust. You make somebody you don't really know sign a contract. Years ago, I read a book by a lawyer who made his living representing famous people in their business affairs. One of his most famous clients was Arnold Palmer, the golfer. He handled Arnold's business deals, endorsements, and so forth. Now, while this guy was a lawyer, I would imagine that a lot of lawyers wouldn't like the book. In it, He takes his profession to task for unnecessarily complicating things. If I remember correctly, and I read this well over 30 years ago, so I'm not sure, but I'm pretty pretty sure he said in the book that he and Arnold Palmer cemented their business relationship with a handshake, not a written contract. As it turned out, this relationship of trust was quite successful for the both of them. But I have a feeling this arrangement between that lawyer and Arnold Palmer was the exception and not the rule. Most deals like this are in writing, usually many, many pages of fine print. Contracts are based on a lack of trust, but not covenants. A covenant, as we read in the Bible, is based on mutual love and complete trust. As I said, God is a covenant 
making God. One of the best examples of covenant in the Bible was between two people, though, David and Jonathan, who was the son of King Saul. These two young men probably had one of the closest friendships in human history. Jonathan, of course, was the king's eldest son. He was the heir to the throne. He became friends with David right after David's victory over the Philistine giant Goliath. The Bible says that Jonathan loved David as his own soul. As a result, he made a covenant with David. As signs of the covenant, and in the Bible, a covenant always had some kind of tangible sign. David, or Jonathan, gave David his royal robe, his armor, his sword, and his belt. I doubt that fact has the impact with modern listeners that it should, but the powerful significance of this act by Jonathan cannot be overstated. Jonathan's father, Saul, was jealous of David and tried repeatedly to kill him. Jonathan did everything he could to protect David from his own father. We learn later that Jonathan immediately realized that he would never be the king of Israel, but that David would be. His faith here is amazing. He asks as conditions of the covenant that when David became the king, he would show love and mercy to Jonathan's family. Years later, after Jonathan was dead because he faithfully stood by his dad in battle against the enemies of Israel, David kept the covenant and cared for Jonathan's crippled son. Do you see the difference between covenant and contract We are told three times that Jonathan loved David as his own soul. He trusted David, and David trusted him. This was why they made the covenant. What a beautiful story. But what it really underlines for us as we study the Bible is the nature of God and the fact that he repeatedly makes and keeps covenant. We don't have time to detail all the covenants God made throughout Scripture. After the flood, God made a covenant with Noah and his descendants, which includes us, and with all the animals on the earth, that he would never send a worldwide flood like that again. The next time you see a rainbow, remember that is the sign God gave of that covenant. God made a covenant with Abraham, of course, to multiply his descendants and give them the land of promise. God kept the conditions of that covenant. But the greatest covenant of all is the covenant that God made with you and me through the death of his only son. At the Last Supper, Jesus said, as he held the cup of wine in his hand, This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many. God entered into a covenant with his church to take away our sins and give us eternal life. He did it because he loves us. The signs of this covenant are the body and blood of his son, Jesus. We know that we can trust God not only 
because time after time in the history of his people, he was faithful to covenant, but above all, above all because Jesus Christ laid down his life for us at Calvary. He was buried, and then he rose again on the third day from the tomb. This covenant in his own blood, like the covenant Jonathan made with David, was based on love, unconditional, everlasting love. God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There is no greater love. If a stranger walked up to me in the grocery store and said, I want you to do something for me, will you promise to do it? I would say, tell me what it is first and then I'll think about it. But if my wife said to me, I want you to do something for me, I would say, of course, what is it? The difference is simple. I know my wife. She's not going to ask me to do anything wrong or anything that's harmful to me. Paul the Apostle in the Bible sacrificed everything for Jesus Christ. He gave up a prominent and promising position among his people to travel around the world and be physically persecuted for the sake of just preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why would he do a thing like that? Well, he himself gives us the answer in 2 Timothy chapter 1. There, he explains to his young protege why he was willing to go through all the things he went through. And then in verse 12, he says this, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Because I know my wife, I trust her completely. Jonathan made that covenant with David because he knew him, he loved him, and he trusted him. The God who created you has made a covenant with you by the blood of his own son. Do you know him? If you do, you will not hesitate to trust him with your whole life. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the covenant that you have made with us in the blood of your one and only Son, your beloved Son. Oh God, we are unworthy of that love, but we thank you that you are a loving God. It is your nature to love, and you love us sinners and have entered into covenant with us. God, I pray for those listening to me today. Perhaps there's somebody that doesn't really know you, And so they have a problem trusting. I pray that the Holy Spirit right now would do that work in their inner person to quicken them, to help them to understand and to see the beautiful love of God for them expressed in Christ and that they will open their hearts to you and yield themselves to Christ. Be born again. Come to know Jesus. And then having come to know him, to trust him completely. I pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. My dear friend, thank you for listening to these little talks. I pray they're a blessing to you. 
I'm thankful for the feedback I get from people when they are touched by one of them. And I just would ask you to to share these talks with other people. You know people that I don't know. Some of you live uh, far, far away from here where I live. And uh, you will uh, have contacts and, and know folks that I don't know, your family. And I just ask you to share uh, the link for these talks with others. And uh, I just pray for you. I pray that God will bless you and encourage you in the Lord. And I ask you to contact me, if you have not already, at father.danjones at outlook.com. Just send me an email to father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.